0: Richie, thanks so much for being here today and telling us your story. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your faith journey? Where have you come from?
1: Growing up from a young age, you know that life is hard. The road of temptation and sin, it's, it's there and it looks appealing. And I found myself on that road many times. From the young age, I knew that I was attracted to men. And as depicted in the Bible, they say that homosexuality is a sin. If you choose to go down that road and I chose to go down that road. I accepted myself for who I was and in my mindset at the time, I said, if God or Jesus or anybody else for that matter doesn't accept me for who I am, then forget about them. And that's what I did. I forgot about the the Bible and everything that came with that. And I just instead lived in the world of darkness. And in that darkness was depression, anxiety, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, I attempted to take my life on several occasions. It was in my most recent attempt, the five years ago, where in the midst of that attempt, something, something just happened. I, I stopped. I stopped and called 911. I got the help that it was required, but it was like a whisper in my ear, saying, you know, don't do it, stop. And from then on, I've been free of suicidal harm. And during that time, I still lived the same lifestyle, but I had hope this time around. A friend of mine was an an attendee here at Northridge, and they told me about a program that Northridge offers called Starting Point, where people who are questioning faith, or if they've been away from the church for some time, everybody can come together as one and discuss several topics, teachings of the Bible, story of Jesus, and more. And it was in this group From day one, it was the group leaders that just showed me love and acceptance. It drew me in that they were there to inform those who had questions. They were there to inform, not recruit.
0: So Richie, you know, you're going through life. You had had that suicidal attempt. Things began to change. You got connected in Northridge again. We're so glad about that. What has changed in your life? What what do you believe now? What have you come to know as true?
1: Well I can sit here now and honestly say that in life there is death, there is good and evil, but God is there, Jesus is there, it is with God that he gave us Jesus, his son, and then of course he sacrificed his son for us. With his death all sins are forgiven. So whether you sin in the past, whether you're a sinner right now, as long as you put your faith in God and Jesus, you are forgiven, you are their children.
0: Mr. So Reggie, that is a beautiful truth. What are you here to do today?
1: I'm here because I fully accepted my faith in Jesus Christ, and I'm here today to get baptized to so announce to the world that I am a follower of Jesus.
0: Wow, that is awesome. That is an amazing description of the truth that you now believe that Jesus has forgiven all of your sins. I'm so grateful that he's done that for me, and I'm so thrilled that now you have also personally accepted that forgiveness. And so today's an exciting day. It is going to be my privilege, under these very unique circumstances, to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's do this.
2: Yo, come on, church, let's celebrate that together. Let's put our hands, let's stand up. up. Off our couches and let's scream and let's shout. Let's throw some emojis up in the chat. Come on, let's celebrate that. And you know what, Richie? I want to speak directly to you, man. Can I tell you how proud I am of what God is doing in the midst of your life? And in a season where you could come up with really any excuse not to take your step of obedience and baptism. You didn't let that get in your in the way, and you made this public proclaim, you made this public declaration that Jesus is your forgiver and your leader. And I'm so proud. Of you. And man, if you're here, maybe you're one of the 89 people who have said yes to Jesus Christ, or maybe you've been following God for a while and you haven't been baptized. Man, we would love to create a safe space for you to come and to take that step of obedience. And so if that's you, let us know. We will reach out to you and we will make that possible for you. And the reason why we celebrate life change and baptisms, the reason why we go crazy and we clap and we dance and we sing in those moments is because is because they matter. They really do matter, and, and really isn't that what we're talking about? I mean, we're, we started a series last week called A Life That Matters, and we began this dialogue that really has been seeping in our hearts and our heads of, with, with everything that's going on. We've been asking the question, man, if, if I were to die, if this virus were to take over me and it would end my life, would it really matter? And we've been having this conversation, we started last week, and what's interesting about death and crisis is these two things that we can't plan or predict and we don't want to interact with, they often bring this sharp focus into our lives. They bring perspective and clarity that we often need of what truly does matter and counts in life. And last week as we started this series, I, I issued this challenge for all of us, that as we look at our lives and we begin to create a life that truly matters, that we would choose to begin with the end in mind, that we would actually look at the future us, and that we would decide who we wanted to be, who God wants us to be, and through that picture of who we want to become, out of that picture that we see, we would begin to put the pieces of our lives puzzle together, that we would begin with the end in mind, And now we're going to continue to dig a little bit deeper into this series as we flesh out specific areas in our life that will help us create a life that actually counts, that has impact, that matters. And so if you've got your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5 is where we're going to be. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to hear from the Apostle Paul as he speaks to the church in Ephesus. And he begins at a really crucial point in verse 15. He says this, he says, Be very careful then, how you live. So here the Apostle Paul, he, he, he challenges us, he urges us, he says, hey, we have to, to be very careful are his words because our lives are vital, they're important. He says, be very careful how you live. And really isn't that what this series is all about? Us looking at our lives and saying, man, we gotta be sure we're intentional and that we're using our lives to truly have significance and impact. The Apostle Paul says, hey, we got to be very careful how we live. And then he makes a distinction. He says, not as unwise, but as wise. And what he says is there's really two groups of people in life, those who are foolish and who throw their life away, who just kind of live however they want. They're the unwise group of people. And then there are people who live their lives in wisdom, who make their life count. He makes this distinction between two people. And then in verse 16, where we're going to zoom in today, he kind of separates what a wise person looks like. He says, making the most of every opportunity. You see, it's almost as if the Apostle Paul suggests to believers, to us listening, his audience, thousands of years later, that, man, a life that truly matters takes advantage, seizes the opportunities that are in front of it. You see, every day we are given opportunities by God and the the Apostle Paul says, a wise person, and if we all would step back for a second and we would look at our future selves, we would hope that we would be men and women that were wise. And he says, the wise people make the most of the opportunities God gives them. He almost says, you know what, if we're gonna create a life that truly does matter, truly counts, what we have to do, what I have to do is I need to give the right things, The right attention. I have to choose to invest my resources, my energy, my time in the right places because that will determine ultimately if my life truly matters. I mean, we get this, don't we? It's pretty logical because if you look at your life and you look back at the regrets that you have, I would bet that they stem from this point, You see, when we look back at our lives and we regret things, it's often because, if not almost all cases, because we chose to put the wrong attention in the wrong place. I mean, for Ashley and I, my wife, we often lay in bed at night and we feel a sense of regret, we feel a a sense of, of, of sadness because so many days we choose to stare at a screen or our phone rather than spend time with our kids. And man, maybe for you, it's not just a couple days, but you look back at your life and you have decades of regret because you chose to place your attention in the wrong places. Because that's where our regret comes from when we choose to actually not put the right attention and and our time in the right places. So, So if a life that matters, Paul says, is one that makes the most of every opportunity, And it's me choosing to to place the right things and give the right things the right attention that leads us to a secondary question, a really important question. What are the right things in life? Where should I put my focus and where should I put my time and energy? In fact, what's cool is Jesus was actually asked this question thousands of years ago where a person came up to Jesus and he asked him this question in Matthew chapter 22. It says, teacher... Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, when we read that question, it doesn't really land in our culture and our context, but you have to understand, as a good Jewish person, the law was everything. There were There was hundreds of laws in the Old Testament Mosaic Law that that drove a Jewish person's life. It gave them their attention. And this person is really just asking Jesus, of all the things that should determine my life, get my attention, what's the greatest one? Jesus, it's almost as if they're asking Jesus, Jesus, where should my full attention go to? A question that maybe we should be asking in the season. And Jesus responds, he says this, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus says, this is where your priority should go. This is where your attention should go. And he says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. And what Jesus does here in in this moment in history is he boils the truth down for all of us. He makes it really simple. He says, you know what matters in life? You wanna know where you should put your attention? First and foremost, your relationship with God. And then secondly, your relationship with people. That is what matters with your life. I mean, it's almost the same thing as Rodney said last week. If you weren't watching last week, we had an awesome testimony of someone who's really close to me and he said these words, hey, when, when, it, when life boils down, it really, there's only two things that matter in life, your soul, which is your relationship with God, and your relationship with people. Everything else is dust in the wind. And he was almost echoing the words of Jesus. And so what Jesus says to us is we need to give the right attention to the right relationships because relationships are what matter in life. It's what makes our life count And so that's what we're gonna talk about today, our relationships. And we're gonna look at four unique relationships that many of us have and how we often miss the moment, but how today we can make some choices so we capture the moments. We gotta give the right attention to the right relationships. So let's talk about relationships. And what's weird is right now we're kind of void of the relationships that we're craving. It's almost weird to talk about relationships right now because we're kind of like quarantined. not kind of, we are quarantined. We, we drastically want to be in relationships with people. We want to go out and hang with people, and it's, it's almost weird to talk about this, but I want to talk about four relationships that we have when life is quote-unquote normal. And the first type of relationship that we have is what I call everyday relationships, These are people that you interact with on a regular basis. You don't necessarily know them that well. You might know their name, you might know their face. You don't know all about them, but it's the barista at the coffee shop you go to regularly. It's the waiter or waitress at your favorite restaurant that you always request. It's your coworkers, it's your neighbors. They're everyday relationships that you see on a regular basis. And when it comes to these uh, types of relationships, How we often miss the moment, how we often miss the opportunities that God places in our life is we simply forget how much God values these people. We often, when we interact with these types of people, everyday relationships, is we just kind of view them as a means to an end. The barista is just there to give you your coffee. The waitress is just there to serve you your food. Your coworker is just to get the job done so you look successful. And we view these people, we don't really value them. We just view them as, as something to get done and help you fulfill your purpose in life. And what's actually been really refreshing about this virus, I know that sounds really crazy to say, but this virus has actually opened a lot of our eyes, open to the value that a lot of people in our society who have been overlooked. Think about the people who are stocking our grocery stores right now, who are checking you out so you can have food for your family, jobs that we have just overlooked in society right now have value. Think about our doctors and our nurses and the support system, the healthcare, the people on the front lines of the battle. And for once in our life, we've actually opened our eyes and we've noticed how valuable people are. And the reason why we know people have intrinsic value is because of the way God created them. Genesis chapter 1, it says this, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And you see, this series is not really about whether you matter or not, because God answered that question a long time ago when he created you. Every single person has value and matters. This series is about what you do with your life actually creates a life that matters. And so we miss the mark with everyday relationships by just not seeing the value that God has stamped on everybody's life. And so how do we change that? How do we do what Paul says, make the most of every opportunity? Well, I think we, we simply act like everybody matters because they do. We, we lead in, in those relationships with kindness, we notice our barista, we, we notice our waitress, our coworkers, and we treat them like they do matter, like they are valuable. We do exactly what the Bible says in Luke chapter six, verse 31, we do to others as we would have them do to us. We love them just like Christ loves us. So that's our everyday relationships. The second type of relationship I wanna talk about is our intimate relationships. These are the people who are near and dear to our hearts the people closest to us. This is your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your children, your mom, your dad, the the, the family members that you have, your best friends. These are people that you know very, very well. And the way we miss the moment with these people is we honestly just take them for granted. We, We treat them just like another relationship or just another person. We ignore them. We give them the the, the least energy of our day. We, We just kind of overlook those relationships that honestly mean the most to us. We take something that is meaningful and we replace it with something that is meaningless. Man, this one really hits me hard because as I look at my life over the last two months and I've actually kind of searched my heart is how many times... In my life, just over the last couple months, did I choose a television show over hanging out with my dad at the campfire? And what we often do with the relationships that mean the most to us is we take them for granted. We overlook them. And how do we change that? How do we we get back to making the most of every opportunity? Well, I think we just choose to be intentional with the time that we have. You know what, we we choose to invest our time in the relationships that mean the most to us. That means right now, even though it's different, even though you're quarantined with your spouse, you create a date night, you light some candles, you order some dinner, and you invest in that relationship. With your kids, you open a board game and you intentionally love and care for them and, and bond with them, with your parents that maybe you can't see, you FaceTime and let them know you love them. Because here's the reality. You never know when they will be gone. I can hear my dad with his voice say, I've got 10 good years left. I mean, I can hear him saying that to me. And in the snap of the fingers, he was gone. And so in the most, in the relationships that are the closest to you, don't take them for granted because you don't know when they will be gone. The third type of relationship are the missional relationships. These are the relationships that, for those of you who profess Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you're a follower of Christ, he's your forgiver and your leader, you submitted your life to him. These are the people in your life that you interact with regularly who don't have the hope of Jesus. There, there are we Hopefully, you have these relationships, and, and these are the people who have yet to experience the grace and the mercy that Jesus Christ offers them. And when we think about these relationships as Christians, as believers, I think one way we miss the mark is we just neglect their eternity. One of the greatest tactics when it comes to these relationships is the enemy wants to get us to zoom in on the here and now, in the busyness and the chaos of work and our kids and their schedules and our schedules. And if he can get us to focus on here and now, guess what we'll do? Is we'll never zoom out and think of life through the lens of eternity, through the lens of forever. And when that happens, we fail to share our faith. We fail to tell our friends about what Jesus is doing in our lives. And we just end up not caring about our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors. Eternities, they're forever. Forever. And how do we shift gears and how do we capture the moment? How do we seize the opportunity? As Paul would say, I think we have to live with urgency. It's amazing what urgency does in our lives. Urgency makes time when it seems like there is no time. Urgency causes us to move. It it makes us live with this boldness and this courageousness to share our faith, to tell our friends about God and what he's doing in our life, to invite them to our church or to the live stream because we, we recognize that eternity is forever. And because it's forever, it causes us to live with this urgency. When I talk about urgency, the apostle Paul had this. Look what it says in Colossians chapter four. It says, devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thankful and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I might proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in every way you act towards outsiders. Look what he says here. It's an echo. It's a repetitive thing. He says, make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And here the apostle Paul is in, he's in prison, and what is he doing? He's living with urgency, praying that God would give him an opportunity to tell people who were far from God about Jesus and what he had done, has done. Man, when we, we look at our lives and we look at our relationships, that really matters. Paul says we gotta make the most of every opportunity in our everyday relationships with the people who are closest with us and the people who are far from God. So can I ask you a question? Are the right people in your life getting the right attention from you? Now, now before you just answer that question, before you push it to the side, can you really just look at your life and can you look at your relationships and can you ask yourself a really hard question? Are the right people getting the attention they need from you? What about the person who serves you coffee or your waitress? Do they recognize the value that you give them because God has placed value on their life? Do you recognize that they matter because God created them that way? With your spouse, your children, your mom, your dad, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, have you taken intentional time and invested it with them because you never know when you will lose them? With the people who are far from God, have you been bold and courageous in sharing your faith, inviting them to what God is doing in your life? And here's, here's what I understand. I mean, maybe right now you, you feel a sense of regret, a sense of shame of maybe how you've been living your life and how you've neglected relationships that should matter to you. And here's what I want you to know is I don't wanna leave you there. I, I don't want you to sit in your regret. I don't wanna even, in fact, make you think about your past because what I want you to recognize is that God offers you a future And I'm here today to to challenge myself and you that we can live differently. Our past might look bad, but our future can be good if we would choose to make a commitment today. And here's a commitment I'm challenging myself and I'm challenging you to do with our relationships to create a life that truly matters. I think we gotta make a bold commitment today to choose to capture more moments than we miss that we would choose today in our relationships with everyday people, regular people, that they would see the value that God has placed on their life in the people who are closest to us, that we would intentionally invest in those relationships that matter, that we wouldn't replace the meaningful with the meaningless. And that we would boldly and courageously tell people about Jesus unashamedly, no, eternity hangs in the balance. But here's the crazy thing. We've talked about three human-to-human relationships, and yet we haven't even covered the most important one yet. Because when Jesus was asked the question, hey, where should I put my attention? Where should I invest in the right relationship? The first thing he said to answer the question right here in Matthew 22, Jesus said, love the Lord your God. See, this right here is the most important relationship that you will ever have in life. It's the fact of your relationship with God. It's a heavenly relationship. It's it's a unique relationship unlike any other one. And you know what, maybe you're watching today and you have a relationship with God. You have it through his grace and his mercy by submitting to what his son accomplished on your behalf. You've placed your faith and trust in Jesus as your forgiver of your past, your present, and your future, and you've surrendered your life to him. You're a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, a Christian. And when you look at your relationship with God as a follower of Christ, here's what you need to know. When it comes to your relationship with God, this relationship is primary and every other relationship is secondary. And so as you look at your relationships, I want to ask you this. As a Christ follower, has every other relationship in your life gotten the attention it deserves? But you've neglected the most important one, your relationship with God. Maybe you've invested in your spouse and your children. You've told people about your faith, but yet your time with God has kind of been pushed to the back burner. And today I want to remind you that, man, your relationship with God is the primary relationship. And out of that relationship, every single relationship in your life flows. And so in this season where we're at home, where maybe we have a little more time on our hands, let's open our Bibles, let's spend time in prayer, let's build on our relationship with God because out of that relationship, he will make every other one better you know what, maybe you're here today and you know what, you're new to this whole church thing. Like maybe this is the first time you've ever logged on and watched a church digitally. Maybe you're a guest. And I wanna ask you the most important question in life. I mean that, seriously. That's not like an over-exaggerated statement. This is the most important question on this earth. Do you personally have a relationship with God? And I know that question can kind of be awkward and weird, right? Like have a relationship with someone I can't see. But here's the amazing thing about the Bible and the story behind it is our sin broke our relationship with God. God created us to dwell with him perfectly, nothing to get in the way, but yet our rebellion, our sin separated and it broke that relationship. It it divided it. And no matter what we did, we could never fix that problem. We could never run back to God. But God loved us enough to sacrifice His one and only Son. Why? So that we could have a relationship with Him. So that we could know the God of the universe. Think about that for a second. The God who created the stars and the sun and the world, everything that we see and everything we know, that God wants to know you personally. And I would ask you, do you know him? Is your heart aligned with his? And if it's not, I want to give you an opportunity right now to step into a relationship with him. It's as simple as this. If you just close your eyes and bow your head and just say these words as a cry to God, God, I recognize my sin has blocked me from you. And so today, God, I'm I'm turning from my sin and I'm believing that your son Jesus conquered my sin on that cross and gave me the victory through his resurrection. And today I'm choosing to surrender to that, to believe in that. And I want to know you, God. I want to have a relationship with you. And so I'm asking you to come into my life to forgive me of my sin and to take control. I want to know you, God. And I wanna walk with you through this personal relationship for the rest of my life. And if you said those words and and you really meant them, here's my challenge to you. We've done this six weeks in a row. So just know you're not alone. 89 people over the last six weeks have said yes to Jesus, have prayed that prayer. And if that is you, you got to tell somebody. I'm I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Tell somebody. It can be a text message to your best friend. It can be an email to us. In fact, if you're watching at LiveNorthRidgeRochester.com, you'll see you can raise a hand. If you just click on that, you raise your hand, you said that prayer, all you got to do is give us your email. We'll follow up with you. I would love to personally send you a Bible so you can grow in your relationship with God. And so let somebody know. In fact, let me make it really easy for you. Right now on the screen, you will see two sets of information, my personal information and our churches. It's really easy. Grab your phone right now, grab your laptop, whatever device you have, email me, send me a social media, send our church. We want to know, we want to celebrate and rejoice. Let me tell you, there are thousands of people all over kind of the world right now, our country right now who will rejoice with you. And so let us know, let us know you made that decision. In fact, let me pray for you right now. God, you are so good. The fact that you want to know sinful people like us just blows my mind. You don't need us, God, but yet you choose to have a relationship with us and it's just amazing. And gotta pray through our relationships as we look at our lives, that we would examine where we're placing our time and our energy and that you would be primary in our lives, God. That every other relationship would be secondary compared to our relationship with you, but help us to invest in those relationships. Help us to share our faith boldly. Help us to see the value in people. Help us to intentionally spend time in those relationships that are the closest to us. Remind us to make the most of every opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guys, I I just want you to know how honored and thankful we are that you would actually join and watch our service. It it really does mean a lot to us. And, man, we want to be there for you. Again, I want you to know we don't want something from you. We want to be there for you. And the best way we can do that in this season, it's a crazy season, where people have a lot of needs or maybe just need prayer, and the easiest way for us to be there for you is if you would just grab your phone and just text connect to 585-210-8564. I'm serious. We wanna be there for you. This is not just preacher talk. We want to help you if you need help. We wanna pray for you if you need prayer. So, would you just text us and let us know how we can be of support to you? Also, I just wanna thank our church for really rising up and, and being generous in the season. I know times are uncertain, the future is uncertain. We really don't know the future, but right now it's even more evident to all of us. And you guys have been so generous. And man, if you wanna partner with us, if you wanna give, it's as simple as texting NORTHRIDGE to 77977. Just text NORTHRIDGE to 77977. And man, thank you for being generous. And if you're a guest with us, man, please know that we don't expect you to give it all. In fact, I would say, we don't want you. We want you to come back. That's the big thing. Join our services next week because we're honored that you're here. And so we hope you guys are staying safe. If you need anything, please let us know. And next week, we'll continue in this series called A Life That Matters.